0: And here we are. Welcome to the third ever edition of The Daily Hustle. Now, it's interesting here because, Kowalski, we have an hour in between the time where we do the first We sweat class, which is just been fantastic. And then, of course, the daily hustle. Now, it's funny because I, you know, each morning when I get up, I don't necessarily uh, always read the daily Hustle first thing. Now there are days when I, I do, read it and get into it right away whatever but you know i'm pretty regimented uh with the routine and what's funny dude is that this mornings i was getting all sorts of reaction from text messages uh, before i even had a chance to take a look and so i'm like okay this is interesting because I'm, you know, I'm working the text messages, whatever, and everyone's like, dude, great daily hustle. Dude, great daily hustle. And I'm like, okay. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward um, to this one. And then I realized which one it was. And it was actually written. Uh, and I usually don't do this. It was written with passion. And, and and energy and, and effort. Um, and it was written on the spot, and, and, and in the exact moment. Uh, so I think those are the ones, typically, that have the tendency to resonate with people, including myself,
1: right, uh, more than others. Your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I think it was obviously one that uh, struck you spontaneously in the moment, considering the subject matter uh, that one of the one of the little C's was reading at the time, um, and of course it evokes emotion wherever you are, wherever you land. And I think um, it's an important discussion to have. It's important for people um, to have these kind of conversations and and try to flesh them out and try to find some common ground. And, you know, I, I, I think that it probably is a discussion that can make some people uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, it's part of the process. It's part of the process to swing the pendulum uh, of our nation and our species back to something that's uh, more collective in, in, in its focus and not so decisive. So, here we are. Yeah, yeah it's funny because when I when I started writing this,
0: and I was impassioned um, by what I had i just, what I had saw. And, and then I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, you know, is this really what, what this world has come to? And it, it was frustrating. And It was frustrating in the sense of I, I feel like what – was attempting to be taught in school uh to my daughter who was reading it lack of accountability and i you know i i found that fascinating uh because you know that was the first red flag that i had seen so far in the educational system in which my children uh, participate in, and it it was I, I have no problem of anybody teaching um, about circumstances. I have no problem teaching about what potentially could be oppression and what potentially uh, could be you know deemed as privilege, but you know when we when we try to skew the, um, when I just skew the, the reader into a, a certain direction, which is what I really felt like this was doing because it was f- forcing the reader to find specific incidences of privilege. And on the same token, it was also forcing the reader to find specific incidences of oppression. And either way you look at those, it it just becomes um, very murky water because I think that each and every one of us in our lives will be able to find both. And there's no doubt in my mind, but what we need to really focus on is Not that those exist, it's that we have the ability to adapt, adjust, and react to whatever it is in our life, in whatever circumstance that we've been given.
1: I think um, when it comes to schools and universities, there's certainly an intellectual war going on right now. Um And we have to have rational discourse against confirmation bias. We have to. And if we're unwilling to, then we have, a, we have two teams essentially split right down the middle. I mean, if you look at uh, before Trump, everything's pretty much a 50-50 split. So Trump came in as a wild card and shook things up a little bit. But we have to have rational discourse against confirmation bias or the species stays stagnant. we as a country stay stagnant and we have one camp on an on one hill yelling at another camp planting their flag in another hill and so we have no rational discourse against this confirmation bias and we have these intellectual wars that are now happening within our schools and within our universities and you know our generation especially is going you know this doesn't feel right and common sense isn't so common anymore and you know, outside of the data and the analytics and, and all the information that we're pouring down people's throats, we got to make sure to still remain focused on grit and strength and rational discourse against confirmation bias.
0: Yeah. I, I just think we, you know, one of the things that, we you know, you read at the end of the first week sweat class is uh, on the... Brilliant chart that we have, as we close that thing down uh, every morning, is is question fucking everything, and I I think that's really you know important because you know what's happening in, in in our schools, and I I'm not gonna generalize and say it's happening everywhere and and every teacher is guilty of this, but what what is transpiring um, is, is an extreme bias that is getting, getting pushed into our children. Uh, and if, if we don't do something about it, if we don't stand up, what's going to happen is these kids are going to lose accountability and they're going to marginalize whatever success that they have in their lives mm-hmm. and they're going to go back and look at it and say, well, the only reason why I had that success is because I was privileged. And then they're gonna go look at it, and they're gonna say, "Okay, whatever failures that I've had in my life, the only reason why I had those failures was because I was oppressed." And it's just, you know, I, it, we're we're going down a slippery slope, man. And, and mm. if we if we do that, and what, what's sad is that, you know, I, I know a lot of kids. Who were were very privileged. And I, I wrote this in the in the Daily Hustle, and I, I said, "Look, man, these these kids had everything they could have asked for in their lives. They had an unbelievable education, loving parents too. Uh, does it mean their parents did a great job raising them? No, because you know ultimately, and this is what I try to relay to my my kids so often. It's like, look, you know." I didn't do my if if, if the reason why I ca- like you know I care so much about the little things you taking a shower you brushing your teeth you having manners you speaking correctly all these things being polite being kind no whining all this stuff that's a direct reflection of of us the parents now that's why it matters. There's only a certain amount of things that you can control as, as a parent. Um, you know, when your kid goes down this path of destruction, uh, even when they had every opportunity in the world to, to be very successful in in their lives, um, you know, that right there, like, what do you call that then? Because if, if we have, you know, privilege and, and we're going to write it off as that, you know, Or oppression, like, okay, obviously that kid wasn't oppressed. Uh, If anything, you would consider him privileged. But what happens when they fucked up when they're in a privileged sort of situation? How do we explain that one?
1: Yeah, it's sort of a damned if you do and damned if you don't scenario. And a lot of people are probably going, you know, what happens is people want to be both the oppressed and the oppressor. And you can't be both. And so they go, you know, they like they look at a guy like you and they go, easy for you. You had all the advantages. You you were born on third. Walk home. You know, and so it's very dangerous when these large uniting narratives, this group think that we have now, these large uniting narratives, um the the stories are how we cognitively process things as humans. Story. So when we have these large uniting narratives, that are now dangerous, these stories that have become groupthink, they're incredibly destabilizing for a person's brain, especially under the current climate. So it can be very dangerous um, to to really distill this information down to young people because they're starting to, to have these ideas of groupthink and these large uniting narratives that can be incredibly destabilizing for a young person's mind. So if we as parents and adults in this new world that we're living in, if we, turn, if, if, if we stick our head in the sand and we're unwilling to go seek out and see all information across all areas and not just stay within our confirmation bias, if we don't find a way to, to digest that information, even if we don't like it, and find a way to articulate it and distill it down to our family, well, then our kids and the people that we love and the people that are closest to us are gonna go find somebody else who's gonna give them that message. So we've gotta be involved, you gotta get engaged, you gotta to try to process it, and you gotta fight against this this um intellectual war that's that's happening in a lot of our universities and, and a lot of our schools, and and find a way. So when your kid comes home and says, Hey, look, dad, they 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 gave us this gender unicorn today. They tell us there is, you know, no boys or girls. This is a gender unicorn. And, and so you've got to find a way to articulate what all that means to your children or else pretty soon they're going to be covered in a tsunami of this new, very scary group think um, mentality that can be very dangerous for, for young people to, to carry around in their lives. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um... You know, I, once again, I don't. I don't mind. You know, our kids being taught wh- what the real world is like. I think it's it's important. Um, I think it's important to 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 have the difficult conversations that you know you and I love having. And you know, now we've kind of taken what you know what, these conversations that we've had on our our long runs and long rides and when we're sitting down at night and, and putting back a couple tequilas and, and we get to have these now in the daily hustle, which is just fucking fantastic. Um, but I'm, I'm not scared of, of teaching my children uh, about all of, all of life um, and, and, and throwing everything at them. But I, I think that it gets really, really scary when you try to, pigeonhole children specifically into thinking a certain way and so when you're asking my kid to write down five reasons why they're privileged i have an issue with that and then i also have an issue with you asking my kid to write down five reasons why they're oppressed and it's like, okay, understand that there will be times in our life, undoubtedly, where you're going to have an advantage. And there will be times, undoubtedly, when you're going to be disadvantaged. But what they weren't teaching and the overall message was that it's our fucking reaction that is everything. Our reaction is what makes us. Our reaction is what defines our next circumstance. So when you look at all of those things, that ultimately, dude, is what matters. It's not the circumstances because we don't always control those. It's the reaction to those those circumstances that ultimately define where you're going and who you are in your life.
1: And that's why this group think and this this um, these sort of micro introductions of these oppression and privilege stories into young children is incredibly dangerous and scary because it totally removes the the outcome more or less is out of your control. You're either privileged or you're oppressed. And, and and so there's no more accountability. There's no more, you know, um, it's up to you. Like a wise man dies events with his own colors. No, it's just either you're privileged or you're oppressed. But you can't be both the oppressed and the oppressor. Who we got on? Callie?
0: We got Callie Skier on. Callie Skier, welcome to the uh, Daily Hustle. Good yeah, everybody. buddy. Good what you got, a Dwight, is that a Dwight Clark jersey on?
2: Exactly, Bosa.
0: Oh, come on, dude.
2: It's new. It was Hey, it was a surprise Christmas gift.
0: What you doing there? All the, all, 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 tucked up there in that cabin, huh?
2: Yes, sir. Got to go hit Looks the slope, so we wanted to make a quick appearance this morning for you. Lifts start turning at nine, so we got to get moving here shortly, but... Just wanted to get on, and when I woke up this morning and saw your email, I thought, what a great opportunity for the kids to get in, um, and uh, I think it just goes back to really what I think you've certainly been drilling for a couple of years now of being uh, being able to have the uncomfortable conversations um, and 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 that's really how how we how we're able to move forward, and and teach our children that it's okay to have uncomfortable conversations. We just all have to act like human beings and treat people like human beings. So when I saw that this morning, I thought perfect for the kids today. Perfect.
0: So I mean, you got the kids behind you, Buck. Like, let's. Um, you know, let, let, I, I want to hear one of their one of their takes on this. So. If anything, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. I, this is more of a lesson for you guys. Well, you know, there's going to be certain things that happen in all of our lives. And sometimes you're going to be advantaged and sometimes you'll be at a disadvantage. But it is, it is consistently going to be your reaction that allows you to be able to move forward. Uh, as you guys go to school now, you know, and, and, whether it's virtual or in person or you know, whatever. What's uh, what's what's the one thing that you guys feel like has has that you've been able to take or learn from your experiences in school?
1: Uh, just in school in general. Yeah. Uh, just enjoy enjoy the present and don't ever um. Yeah, just enjoy the present because you know it's gonna be gone soon. So just enjoy it while you have it.
0: I like that. I like that. What? Uh, how? How was this year? Uh, past year affected? Uh, affected you in your schooling?
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's affected me like because they're you know I mean I'm in eighth grade now so. Um, I, I mean it, I really wanted to have that you know last year before high school but I mean just kind of that yeah like I said like you know you never know when things are going to change so and you just gotta enjoy it like have it.
0: That's a beautiful perspective from our youth, huh? That's a fantastic that's a fantastic do- double deuces uh, Henry jersey too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Awesome,
2: guys. That was cool to see that, that one this morning, Eric, because, um, I, you know, as a parent to the, to the kids, you know, um, sure, we probably grew up with uh, certainly some advantages um, and, 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 and just being able to reiterate to them that things uh, don't always come easy. And it's all about, it's all about our reaction. You know, we, <laughs> the perfect example, dude, is this morning, just trying to get on here with you, you know, one of my devices again, not working real good and got the youngest going, come on, dad, you know, hurry up, hurry up. We, you know, wanting to get on and, and it's like, relax. It's our reactions to certain circumstances. Not everything works out right. You know, Hey, if we can't get on, we can't get on, but you know what, we're going to go make the best of the ski day. And so we missed it, but. <laughs> Uh, fortunately we were able to get on but it, it is it's all about our reactions and i agree with that a hundred percent not everything goes not everything is uh not everybody it, it, and it is true not everybody starts at the same start line but uh you know we, we've it's it's how we react to that and you've done a real good job uh drilling that for a while now and I will tell you uh, I did do that DHC 22 and I think it was about the second day that uh, it was uh, let's read and I've now completed two audiobooks in the last what 25 days and I promise you it's the first two books I've ever completed in 45 years okay (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it, was, uh, it was Goggins Can't Hurt Me and then I just listened to McConaughey's Green Lights Cool. and you know uh, Goggins very similar to what, y- what you liked to preach as far as it doesn't matter what somebody else puts in front of us it's how we're going to react and respond to that and not let that affect us in lots of different ways and uh no i i i, I just I, i've gotten a lot out of those two books and believe me I'm, I'm surfing for for more because uh that was that was probably my favorite day of 22 that i actually got on that and started doing that but um the circumstances man they uh we all we, we all have them just in different ways we all yeah dude it's great. <clears throat> It's
0: crazy because, you you know, you and I were, like, we were very similar growing up, right? Like, we, yeah. we, we were outside, dude. All we wanted to do was play ball. Like, we didn't care about anything else but but, but playing ball. And it, what was funny is that, you know, back in the day, bro, we, they didn't have audio books. Like, audio books yeah. weren't existent. And I didn't get into the audio books until I got into the ultra running and the triathlon stuff. And, and I'd go on these long training sessions. And I needed something to stimulate my mind to keep me interested. And then it was one audio book, then led to another, 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 you know, just like that. But, you know, the Goggins, the the Goggins, the Goggins one, I mean, this dude is uh, is next level intense. But when you're able to, to learn from, you know, here's, here's a, a perfect example of a guy that, you know, he talks often about, about his circumstances in life. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't always, you know, perfect for him. He obviously had a really rough uh, upbringing in, in his early years back in Buffalo, New York. Uh, you know, from there it was, he moved to the Midwest with with his mother where there was some still, you know, some, some other issues that went down um, and he was trying to find his identity and find, you know, who he was, but, You know, here's a guy that had every reason in the world to pack it in and to be like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to live this, you know, simple, deteriorating life until I die. And and that's it. But, you know, he was what, 300 pounds and out of shape and working for some pest control company. And and he and he he was slaughtering McDonald's every day. And he went home and he saw uh, an advertisement for the Navy SEALs. And yep. he looked at that, and and he's like, you know what? Why not me? Like, why can't I do that? And he became it became his mission. And so here he was, 300 pounds, like nowhere near. Like he had to get down to what he had to lose 100, just to be able to qualify to be even considered to be a Navy SEAL. The guy laughed at him when they when he went into the Navy recruiting office and he tried to tell him that he wanted to be a SEAL. And yeah, I think here he was, at completely three, disadvantaged.
2: That was it. Had about two or, th- two or three months to do it.
0: And, so I mean, but but, so, yeah. but but he did it, right? Like totally disadvantaged. He, you know, he put himself in, in in that in that scenario, but he figured out a way to get it done. And so that's my point, you know, to this morning's email is that it doesn't matter who we are or what the situation is i don't care about your socioeconomic background i don't care about your color uh, I, you know and quite frankly you know i don't really care about your circumstances because all of us deal with circumstances we can and cannot control so a lot of them that we can't control control your reaction Make the most of the moment. Make the most of where you are, where your feet are, the six inches in front of you. That's what matters. And when you're able to do that, then inevitably you're going to live a fulfilling life. But if you're always trying to look off in the distance, if you're always trying to make excuses, if we're giving our kids excuses to make, we're going to ruin them, dude. We're going, they will come up with an excuse that will marginalize their successes, and they will come up with an excuse that will, that will give them every reason in the world to say, whatever failures I've had are not my fault. That is an issue. So what it comes down to is accountability. What it comes down to is you boys right there, you guys are in charge of your actions. You're responsible for your actions. There's no one to blame. Nobody. I don't care whatever the situation, whatever the scenario you guys, right there. You guys are the future. You guys make your choices. You guys make your decisions, and you guys are forever creating your environment and what comes next. sorry I got you. Well said. Yeah. Well. Said. Awesome, Buck. Yeah. Thanks for joining, man. You guys go go hit yeah, go hit won't. the mountains. And any any funny final final parting words, man? I know I know you've been so so. We told this story yesterday. You know, I, I want you. I want you to tell people on here today, because this matters. You showed up in, uh, you know, we we're about twenty miles outside Toledo, Ohio, and yep. you, you, you never run more than I don't know what the number was, maybe ten miles in your life, and and you came out, and you're like, you know, screw it, and you're like, I'm going to run with you. I said, all right, sweet. I'm yeah, like, dude, so, we got twenty miles in. Yeah, Go
2: ahead. So, so, yeah, you're right. About probably ten miles in my life. Um, it might be a few more than that because, uh, Pope called me up probably the beginning of August and was like, Hey, I think we should go out and meet up with him this weekend here. He's going to be in Toledo. Let's do it. And I'm like, all right, but if I'm going, I want to run with him. Like, I don't want to just watch him run. I want to get, I want to get in it. And so, uh, I think I had about two and a half weeks before we went out there. I think I did. And now August in Bakersfield is what? hundred and five all day so yeah yeah I got about two and a half weeks of uh, maybe three three miles or so a day only probably and I thought oh if I go maybe two or three days a week I'll be able to get three or four miles in with them at least I get something anyways we take uh, take the red-eye out there meet you in Toledo I probably had about an hour sleep on the plane from Phoenix to Chicago you're there and it was it was something, man. I saw, you, I saw you out there running when we pulled up and, and caught up to you. And it was, I, I don't think we talked for about two minutes. I'm like, let me get my shoes on. <laughs> and, and, you know, just, just some regular old nights. Now I got the because I know what real running shoes are <laughs> and, and what a difference. But, yeah, we knocked out, I think, 13, 13 and a half that first day. And I couldn't believe it. I I, I couldn't believe I went that far. But it was. It was one foot in front of the other. And, uh, you know, I I think going with with a partner certainly helped me go farther than clearly I would have done by myself. Uh, And then the next day, I thought, there's no chance I'm probably getting even out of bed here. And you sent that little clip from the movie. uh, I think Ethan Hawke was in it. It's about... uh, Uh, Getting up real early Dad got the ball player up I forget the name of the movie now The Phenom uh,
0: The Phenom Yeah Is that what it
2: was? (laughs) And uh, He made him get up And I use that clip several times for these boys When I need to get them up early To get going But uh, yeah we got up Went and had our uh, Buckeye coffee at the coffee joint The next morning and uh, knocked out another 13, and I was just like, "This is unbelievable!" And I want you to know that got me going. I've done the Bakersfield Marathon now the last two years. Now I've only done the half, but let me tell you, it's uh, it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot, and uh, so I do thank you for that. But yeah, that was crazy. That that was. That was nuts, and, and to, see you, to, to see you do that and just share a quick moment was was pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, that was nuts. That was
0: nuts. Yeah, dude. Nice. You know yeah, what that, I mean, that, was, that was impressive. Go ahead, Kowalski.
1: You know what that speaks to, too? It speaks to the other side of the great power of creating a group of people. Now, there's bad group think, and there's very healthy group think you get around a group of people you get around a couple savages who who want to push you to get really uncomfortable on the other side of that madness is this beautiful glory and this uh awakening this sort of born again feeling and so yeah to hear you say that kind of ran some chills through my body because i, I know have it, having a best friend in my circle that has pushed me to you know unbelievable edges of the rabbit hole has been such a positive thing on the other end so that really speaks to the power um and and the great transformational power of having a group of people in your circle that sort of have a shared mission and shared values to 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 something greater than themselves
2: and and you know what kowalski to that i will tell you um Right before when Eric was, showing you guys, Eric was training there for that, uh, the 24 hour speed golf and poking, uh, T and I showed up that night there at half moon, baby, bring you a nice burrito in the middle of the night. You know, I could really feel your energy that you and you and Eric clearly feed off of each other. And you guys could probably go for a week straight because you're not going to quit until he quits, but he's not quitting until you quit. And so just. That 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 energy that you get from 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 doing things with other people, whether it's training, whether it's working, whether it's having fun, you know, it, it's it. I think you said it the other day, Kowalski, you know, team, team, teamwork is what what brings people to new levels. And
1: teamwork makes the dream work.
2: It does. It really does. And and, and that's what, um, you know, me growing up playing sports all my life clearly showed that to me. And, you know, I try to instill that with these guys and, and anybody else that, you know, whether it's at work or whatever. And, and you can tell the difference when you're at work and you know that there's guys that have played on teams, whether it was for 20 years, whether it was for three years, they got the picture that it takes a team and, and, and a crew. Just like I'm sure Eric knows, every time he does his triathlons, Ironmans, all this stuff, it's not just him out there. There's no chance he gets that done by himself. And uh, whether it's Tara, uh, Franz, or anybody else that helps out there, it's 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 a process to be able to to achieve the top of the mountain. And so,
0: dude, uh, I I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think back and think back to that night. And that, I mean that was like a forgotten time uh, when you guys came and, and dropped off the burritos, dude. Like that was that was so freaking awesome, bro. Um, it, it, but I think that's when you guys I, had tro- the
2: mountain lion stalking you, isn't
0: it? Yes. So nope. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember if that that happened. So you draw. You guys dropped off the burritos, and I, now this might. This might all make Perfect. sense. Because I think it was after we crushed the burritos, right after we crushed the burritos, it got back out on the course is when we saw the mountain lion. So I'm thinking, yeah, I think he called that like five it possi- minutes
2: later after we left.
0: Bro, the mountain lion. Well, so I'll tell the story for the Daily Hustlers that uh, that have never heard it. But Kowalski and I were training for this 24 hour golf event. The only time you could play is. Uh, the middle of the night, obviously, when the, the course is closed, so we wait for the sun to go down. We started, turn on the headlamps, the glow in the dark, uh, glow in the dark golf balls, the whole thing. And so we had played uh, at least at least four to four to five rounds already. Um, and so we came in, and and, and Buck and Poke and uh, T dropped us off some burritos, man. From I, I think it was Three Amigos. We freaking slow, and we we were going for like rounds four through eight. I think we we're going to play twelve rounds that night. And when we got to hole number two, you come down, uh, you cross the bridge because we were actually playing hole number two on the ocean course at Half Moon Bay as a par three. And then I go to the left to tee off, and Kowalski was right behind me, and I saw these two eyes, man, and it was just <laughs> right here. And I'm like, whoa. And I stop, I go, yo, dude. And I turn around, I go, Kowalski, you see that? He's like, nah, man. He's like, I didn't see that. I said, You sure? And I turned back and I'm like, dude, they were gone. I go, bro. I said, we've seen a lot of animals out here tonight. We saw coyotes, we'd seen a fox, uh plenty of raccoons, we've seen skunks. So it's a it's a wildlife haven, especially when the sun goes down. And I go, bro, this is like nothing I've ever seen before. It Simple as that. He's like, all right. He's like, just be careful. I'm like, all right. So I drop the ball down. I hit it. We go play number two, putt out, run over the hill to the tee box to number three, tee off, off to the right. The ball goes. We run over the first hill. We come back down in a little goalie, run over the second hill. And at that point, Kowalski stops dead in his tracks and he's like, dude. What the fuck is that? And I don't know. I mean, maybe like thirty yards from us, right in front of my ball, on the right hand side, hovering over the ball was was a hundred and fifty pound mountain lion with the tail. Big cat. That 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 wrapped underneath in like. And, and is sticking out, and that's how I knew, right? Because when, when you look for a mountain lion, as opposed to a bobcat, or you know anything else, or even like you know a coyote or something, like you'll you'll have that big long tail, and and, and it was just like, whoa! And so we stopped in our tracks, uh, Kowalski. I, you know, we slowly we slowly backed up off to the right into the sand trap, uh, and then you know he he picked up the brake. I sat, th- yeah, I sat there. And, and logically did what anyone uh, you know would do in that situation. They, I pulled out my cell phone, of course, to try to capture some solid footage of this thing. Always thinking about <laughs> uh, was thinking about the people. And, and <laughs> unfortunately, that like the cell phone footage, uh, you you could you can barely see anything. But at least it got to capture our reaction uh, in, in in that moment. And that was that was that was wild, man. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, good, dude. Yeah, we'll keep it up. Looking forward to more. Uh, we got to go hit the slopes, man. We're gonna be late. I
0: love it, dude. Well, I, I'm gonna put you on. Uh, I'm gonna put you and the boys on on patrol. So uh, that next time you guys come, the daily hustle. Was, I mean, we'll be back Monday. Uh, and, and when you guys come back and do this next time, always try to bring bring some bring somebody else. Tell somebody else about this so we continue to. Grow the Daily Hustle, continue to grow no filter network, dude. And uh, that's how I think we're able to impact as many lives as possible. Just spreading positivity, love, having the uncomfortable conversation, but I don't know, man. That's it. Be good to yourself, boys. And I will
2: I will and I will put a little plug in for your uh, your footboards. I did get a few of the boys at work, got a few sent down to Bakersfield, so you got some of those footboards and they are loving it, let me tell you. Let me tell you. So, good deal. We put the boys on it every now and again. They don't. They, they have a hard time lasting very long. So it's, all about, it's all about practice, right? Repetition, repetition.
0: Building the endurance, dude, and embracing the pain, boys. As simple as that. Yep. The pain lets us know we're alive. That's it.
2: All right, guys. Have a good day. We'll see you. All right, Buck. Yeah.
0: See you, guys. Adios. Oh what a Epic. what a what a nice uh, what a nice yeah what a what a nice treat here uh, this morning's daily hustle. So, Brian Royer is is a brother of Brendan Royer, twin brothers, just salt of the salt of the earth dudes. I mean, I mean the brothers you know, you Royer.
1: Yeah, yeah, the brothers Royer. Listen, should, the brothers, the brothers Royer, both kissed by nature, and both of them not bad guys to have around if your back's up against the wall?
0: No, man. I, I couldn't believe when they showed up at Toledo. You know what I mean? Like, because, dude, you know, Brian's at Bakersfield. They're up in a cabin right now. I think it's Bear Mountain. But, uh, you know, Brendan is in the in the Bay Area. Uh, you know, these guys work. They got families. and But they were uh, they were two of the better athletes that you saw. Uh, at the, at the youth level, like they were, they were legends, dude. They, they talked about the wow. Royer twins. Brian, who was just on, was the quarterback at, uh, Woodside high school where, uh, Julian Edelman went. He was at St. Francis with us for a year. And then him and Brendan, uh, both of them, this is pretty impressive. Both of them are dual sport athletes in college. Oh, wow. Yeah. Think about that. Are they in like the stone
2: bones like you?
0: They were. They were a year or? at St. Francis, a year at St. Francis, and then transferred out. Okay. But uh, just okay. some of the some of the best all around, you know, athletes. It's funny because not in the sense of like the the run fast, jump high crowd, but they're the leisure sport kings. Man, ping pong, uh, like basketball shot. These guys don't miss. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, Go, they're, they're scratch golfers, like that. All, all of the, all of the type of things that the hand-eye coordination skill. I'm sure, I'm sure they're great skiers. So, but, but overall, I mean, the biggest thing, obviously, just really, really good people, man. So, yeah. anyway, that's, uh, yeah, the, the whole message. And let, let's kind of sum it up, you know. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor here, uh, with today's daily hustle, which was uh actions over circumstances uh your 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 final concluding thoughts on on the message uh you know the the message that we can all digest from today's email
1: you cannot be both the oppressed and the oppressor and a wise man dies events with his own colors and in this life you want to be responsible which is able to respond so outside of, like, change the word reaction for response. And it has a different emotional connectivity. So, and, and extreme ownership. Wherever you are, that's, that's you're, you're, you're directly, you've produced that. Wherever you are, wherever you're not. The, the thing is, you are your own problem, and you're also your own solution. And that's what I like to live by. So yeah, a wise man dyes events with his own colors. I love, love
0: that, and you say that uh, a lot. The other thing you say is, and I'll, 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 let, you, I'll let you divulge it because, uh, you know, I'm really good at telling it, but with a man that's going from one town to the next, give me that one.
1: Uh, so there's this Chinese proverb where one man is walking into a town as another man is leaving that town. And as these two men pass each other, he says, hey how are the people in that town you just came from? And the man says, well, how are the people from the town you just came from? And he says, well, they were liars and cheats and thieves and, and some of the worst people I ever knew. And the man says, well, I think you'll find the same where you're going. Same thing. If the man comes in, reverse the scenario. He says, there were some of the best people I ever knew, kind, warm, loving, selfless. And he says, well, I think you'll find the same where you're going. So life is a mirror. You get out what you, whatever you see, you, whatever you put out, that's what you get back.
0: That's fantastic. I love that one, dude. Um, so Tara here comes in, and she's been like a one-man wrecking crew in the chat. I don't know where everyone else is, but I, you know, honey, that's I love your commitment here. She says you want to play cat and mouse all night, and and. What that reference uh, is to is when we were what's up, Kukui? When we were uh, we had encountered the mountain lion, we called we, we called Tara, and Tara is the animal <laughs> expert in in, in in our lives, and you know she always she's got Discovery Channel on and whatever Nature Channel or this or that, uh, Animal Planet. And I said, "Okay, here's a scenario, and the, here are just hard facts. Uh, we have a mountain lion that's hovering over our golf ball. The mountain lion had actually walked away. We sat there and held our ground, and it slowly walked away, like looking at us, like it had like like no this. problem, like that way, like, yeah. And and then at that <laughs> point, I called Tara. I said, I said, what should what should we do? I she you think we'll be? Or can we can.'" continued and she goes it depends I said depends on what she was do you want to play cat and mouse all night and I was like yeah not really and so that was uh yeah that was our decision to walk away from the course and she was right because what the mountain lion was doing is he was following the glow in the dark golf ball so like I mean he's a cat ultimately it's a big cat right just like you said but when it's following the golf ball then you know it, like we weren't putting the glow in the Dark golf ball away, so that thing was gonna uh, that was just, that was gonna be with us for a while. So that was our ultimate decision to uh, to shut it down. So anyway, uh, on that note, let's shut this uh, daily hustle down uh, once again. If you are on the stream, make sure recommend a friend, bring them back. Uh, it's the only way this thing's gonna grow. I think there's a lot of uh, cool, inspirational messages, uh, conversations to be had that we uh, you know obviously are not. Afraid of having the uncomfortable one. So, Kowalski, on that note, you got the dig in hand. Once you send everybody off into a beautiful weekend.